Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm happy to be with you this week to talk about another topic that I hope you'll find of interest in terms of multifamily real estate investing, and that is tenants are customers. You know, when you invest in multifamily real estate, Yes, you're investing in a piece of real estate. You're really investing in a business, whether you buy a piece of property yourself or invest with a firm like Mara Poling. And that business has customers and the tenants are our customers. What is it tenants want? Well, we think we have an idea from all of the years we have spent doing this work. And that's what I'm going to share with you this week five key items that tenants want, and how we try to address those needs. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And don't forget to swing by marapoling.com and the Learning Center to find more of our hopefully valuable educational content. Okay, let's get to it. So we have talked about this before, the reality that we own businesses, not properties. And we need to think of them that way. We generate income, we have expenses. Hopefully we do our job well and we generate profits. And if we do a really good job, we can grow those businesses over time, which increases the value of those businesses and generates more cash flow for us, the owners. No different than if we owned a sandwich shop, we'd think about it the exact same way, or a clothing store, or any other business that you can think of. Well, if you think of a business, businesses can't take their customers for granted. As soon as a business does that, and we've all seen it, they're going to have trouble and may not be long for the business world. So in multifamily real estate, who are our customers? Well, tenants. Tenants are our customers. We compete in a fairly even market. There may be some uh, restrictions and other items here and there that make the market not quite a fully competitive market. But I think for the most part, if you look at all of the various markets in the country for all the different kinds of services and products that are sold, real estate is a pretty open, balanced, fair marketplace. So we compete against other multifamily properties we compete against other housing options. For example, owning a home. We compete against the home ownership market. Now, we, Mara Poling, we don't tend to look at that as a negative. It's simply the reality that of all of the potential customers out there, many of those customers, as a matter of fact, the majority of those customers, because home ownership in this country is over 50%, the majority of those customers are going to 
not only want, but be able to actually purchase and own their own home. So our competition ends up really being those that have either chosen to rent because it's a better lifestyle fit or those that at this particular moment in time are in a position where renting is a better or maybe the only option for them relative to housing. That's who we're competing for. Well, in a competitive environment, you need to understand what it is your customers want. And by the way, customers tell us this, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, how they speak to us. In our experience, there are many, 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 many factors that go into a tenant making a decision about renting from us or renting from another property. And the five that I'm going to share, we think the vast majority of tenants use these as part of their decision-making process. And I know for certainty that there are tenants that have rented with us or have rented with someone else who haven't used any of these five, that there are other criteria they have focused on. We think these five represent the majority of our customers and our items that we pay attention to, you're going to, re- you're going to recognize these, many of them as characteristics that we utilize in our acquisition process and in our ongoing value add processes. So let's start. And these are kind of in order, although I don't think that's an absolute. Number one, location. And location means more than simply where the property is. People want to live somewhere that's a good fit for their needs. Maybe it's near their work or more likely near some transportation corridor that allows them to get to work and to other things in the community they want to access, shopping, restaurants, healthcare, a host of different things. So in general, we have experienced that tenants want to live near those items. You'll find there's data available about walkability scores. Now, not all tenants want to be able to walk from where they live to all of those items. For example, I I don't think there's a large number of tenants that want to be able to walk to work, although there probably are some. A lot of tenants would like actually some space between where they live and where they work so that they can live in a residential environment, but they'd like to be near transportation. And that means maybe near uh, a bus line or... Uh, the train, whatever public transportation system might be available. They want to be near a major uh, thoroughfare so they can get in their car and get to work and these other locations easily. They want to be near the freeway so they can maybe live on one side of town that they find desirable and work on the other side of town. Associated with location 
are safety and good schools. You can't move an apartment building. I'm sure there's maybe somebody that has done that, uh, but you can't move one. When you buy an apartment, it is where it is. And that location not only has the characteristics I was just describing, but it also contributes significantly to the safety that tenants will experience. You can do things to make an individual apartment complex more safe, right? You can put in security cameras and you can uh, improve the design of the property. If you're developing it from scratch, you can build it with a higher degree of security in mind, um, uh, secure parking, for example, and the like. An awful lot, though, of safety has to do with simply where it is. What's that neighborhood like? And that will change over time. And if you're a good property owner, you can help it change for the better. We've absolutely had that experience where we've purchased properties that were in good neighborhoods. And through the investments we've made in improving that property, we helped contribute to the continued growth and improvement of that neighborhood, which ultimately did have some impact on the safety and security. Good schools. People want to live in communities that have good schools. Now, you might say, well, that makes a lot of sense if you have kids. You want your kids to go to a good school. And that makes complete sense. There are also families that have children that don't go to the public schools. They'll, they go to a private school or maybe they're homeschooled. And there's a large number of tenants that don't have school-age children. Either their children are younger or uh, maybe older but still living at home. Or they simply don't have children or don't have children that live with them. Well, why would anyone in that situation care about good schools if you're not a user of the school system? Well, it's because good schools in this country have become synonymous with a good neighborhood. Schools in most parts of the country are funded from the tax base. The tax base relies heavily on the quality of the properties and the value of those properties. From that standpoint, we certainly want to be in safe neighborhoods and we want good schools. Those are some of the criteria we use when we're selecting locations that we'll hunt in for properties. We don't feel like we have to be in the top 10% or the even the top 25% when it comes to safety, or school scores. We don't want to be necessarily in the lower end. We, we wouldn't, for example, want to be in the bottom 10%. Not that folks in those neighborhoods don't deserve good places to live. They do. And there are investors that focus on those areas and know how to do that work well. That's not something we have a lot of experience with. So we tend to focus on that middle patch. 
neighborhoods that are 50 percenters, 60 percenters, 40 percenters that are kind of in the middle. They're on average safe neighborhoods. On average, they have decent schools. Location is what drives those items. The next item that we think tenants use in their selection process is a property that's well-maintained. When you go to view a, a property, you go to look at the apartment you're thinking about renting, you're probably going to be given a tour and you're going to walk around and you're looking to see how nice it is. You're also looking to see if you can tell how well-maintained is this property. Do I see signs of neglect? And maybe you don't see any. And once you move in, you find that not only do you have some issues, which, by the way, issues happen in every property, right? Even a brand new one. But what it's really about is how responsive is that landlord and does the landlord actually get the issue fixed? If I have a leaky pipe under my sink and I report it to the landlord and it takes a week for somebody to get around to coming and seeing me and then a week later it's leaking again and this goes on for months and months and months, well, that's going to have an impact on two things. One, whether or not I want to renew my lease. And two, it's going to have an impact on what I share with my friends. And some of my friends are likely tenants somewhere or prospective tenants. And that will become an issue. One of the very best things a real estate investor can do, a property manager can do, is when problems happen, and as I said, they are going to happen, it's simply the nature of the beast. And I don't think tenants expect the unit they live in to be 100% problem-free, especially over longer periods of time. It's how responsive you can be. Do you respond within 24 hours? Are you responsive quickly in terms of acknowledging what's going on and doing a little triage? Does somebody have an active water leak of some substance? Well, let's get there now. Or is it something that, yes, we could get to within the next 24 hours and that's reasonable? And fix it. Fix it so that it isn't an ongoing issue. If you do that, that tenant is going to be more likely to not only renew their lease, but that tenant is also going to tell others. There's some data, and it's a little aged. I believe it continues to be accurate. It says the most loyal customer that you can have in your business isn't the customer that experienced a problem-free experience. It's the customer that had an issue with their purchase that was responded to promptly and demonstrated how much you, as the business owner, care for your customer. We don't obviously want tenants to have issues, but if they do, we want to respond and respond quickly and completely so that that issue is taken care of. That's just the right thing to do. 
and it's good for business. All right, the third item on the list, and this might seem a little odd, maybe you think it's a little farther down the list than it should be, but that is amenities. The things, the features of the actual unit and property that the tenant is selecting. In our experience, tenants prefer new appliances. They prefer matching appliances. We've all seen the apartment that has a brand new refrigerator that has a older mismatched stove, meaning the color doesn't match that of the fridge, and has an ancient dishwasher that is a third color. That could very well be because dishwashers, while they can be troublesome, often do last a long time, followed by ranges, stoves, ovens, whatever term you want to use. Uh, and refrigerators can be the most problematic and tend to be changed out more often. So new, newer appliances that all match. Not only does that look nice, it says something to that prospective tenant about the unit, that the unit is cared for. That's when we rent units, units that look like that, rent faster and for more money than units that have mismatched appliances. Washer dryers. And I would expand that to really say convenience features. Tenants, especially in 2023, want convenience. We all spend more time at home. Many of us now, at least part-time, work from home and some full-time work from home. One of the things we all experienced across this country during 2020 and 2021, during the COVID shutdown, is we all spent a lot more time at home and realized how much our home means to us. And for these customers of ours, these tenants, this is their home. And it's an important decision, having a home that is more convenient. And the number one convenience that we've experienced is having in-unit washer-dryer. Now, if you can't have in-unit washer-dryer and some properties are not physically constructed in such a way that there's an ability to have a washer-dryer in the unit, then having clean, accessible well-maintained laundry facilities on site that are easy to get to, that are safe, that are secure, that's a big priority. Another interior amenity is flooring, especially in this day and age where people value their pets. Now, people have always valued their people, uh, pardon me, their pets. Dogs, cats, you name it, whatever the pet is, people love their pets, and that's fantastic. We love pets, too. People spend money, a lot of money, on pets, and 
people like that, especially those with uh, dogs and cats, they like having flooring that's conducive to owning a pet for that accident that is bound to happen. It's hard to call them accidents. We know that they're going to occur for keeping my apartment clean so that it's a nice, clean place for me to live. Vinyl flooring, some kind of hard flooring, uh, possibly throughout the whole of the unit, certainly through all of the living areas. That's something that tenants prefer, whether they have a pet or not. On the property itself, tenants like to have amenities Parking is important, that I have parking that's easily accessible, that I don't have to worry about parking. When I get home from work, I don't want to worry that I stopped at a friend's house on the way home. And because I'm getting home a little later, I may have to park significantly farther away from my unit. So assigned parking. Depending upon the part of the country, covered parking maybe even a garage, and that varies from location to location. But tenants spend a lot of money on cars. Cars are expensive these days. I want to take care of it, and again, I want that convenience of having it close to my unit. Yes, I'd like a swimming pool. There's some nice features that you could have around a pool that make it more enjoyable. Most tenants think they like that. In our experience, only a portion of tenants actually use those facilities, but everyone likes to live in a property that has those. It increases the livable experience. Number four, value. Now, for some tenants, and as I said, this is in some sequence, for some customers, value is going to be the number one item. If Tenant, a tenant is in a position where they have a very finite amount of income, especially given the marketplace that might be out there. Value may be the number one item that a tenant is looking for, and one in which there's a interest and a capability to trade off some of those items I just said in order to get more bang for the buck. Value. Value is determined by each individual customer. Think about any other business that's out there. There are customers of those businesses. We mentioned a clothing store. There are customers that shop in clothing stores that are in a position where value is not a significant issue for them. They have the financial resources to purchase whatever clothing they would like. They're looking for clothing that meets a number of other criteria. There are other customers that come in that have a fixed amount of money in their pocket and need to find a suit, a dress, a pair of shoes for X dollars. And they're going to be looking for that specific value. So it's important as business owners to understand that value proposition and the different segments that creates within the marketplace. We focus on class B units, class B units that we can add value to, meaning that we can add some of those amenities that tenants like and do so still within that space 
that tenants are going to find value. For example, if there's a property that currently rents on average for $800 and in the marketplace, there are other properties very similar, but with some of those amenities that are renting for $1,000, then I could buy that property and make some improvements and begin to charge rents closer to or maybe up to that $1,000 mark. I couldn't charge $1,500. I mean, I could, and there may very well be some number of tenants, maybe even a large number of tenants that would say yes. Not all tenants would, given that environment I just described. And I would ultimately find myself with more occupant, pardon me, more vacancy uh, than I would like to have. The final item, and this item, while it's the final one, probably is the number one item, and that is customers. Our customers want a good landlord. And the reason for that is, unlike many other businesses, Ours is not a business in which we have a one-time or very periodic, infrequent interaction with our customers. If we ran that clothing store I've talked about, we might have a customer who comes in once a year and buys some new clothes. Maybe they come in a couple times a year. And they go buy clothes in the meantime from other places as well. They're buying from us and they're buying from others at the exact same time. It, that's not how it works for tenants. Tenants have one decision to make. They only live in one apartment at a time. And they live there every single day for however long their lease is. For six months, for a year, if they continually renew, they might be in a position where they're there for five years. It's a very different type of customer business owner relationship. Tenants want good landlords. They want landlords that are responsive. They want landlords that listen. They want a landlord that works with them when there might be an issue or a request for some degree of flexibility. They want a landlord that's fair. In our experience, the overwhelming majority of our customers aren't looking to take advantage of us. They're not, they're not expecting that they cannot pay rent and yet they can stay. They're wanting a fair shake. They also expect us to keep up our end of the bargain, to keep the property well-maintained, to do all of the work that we're supposed to do, to keep it as safe and secure as it was when they made their decision to move in, and to follow through on any other commitments that we make to them along the way. A good landlord will trump some of these other items. Would you rather live in a property where you had a washer dryer and new appliances and nice flooring and your unit was very attractive, but your landlord wasn't responsive, maintenance issues were ignored, 
the property itself began to fall into disrepair, the quality of the tenants suddenly changes. Maybe the new owner has changed the income standards, and now tenants have moved in that actually can't afford the property, and so there's more evictions, there's more issues. Not an experience you want to have because that's not what you selected when you purchased, made your purchasing decision. And that is what it is. You're purchasing that unit for the term of your lease as a customer. So location, well-maintained, good amenities, value, and ultimately a good landlord. Now, how do we know these things? How do tenants, how do our customers tell us this? Well, certainly some tell us this by virtue of actually telling us this, right? Of when they come in to renew or when they're signing their lease for the first time, they may say something like, oh, I just love this location. It's so close to work for me. Or uh, my son goes to school right down the street. This is going to be fantastic. So we may get some direct feedback from a customer, much as any business would in terms of one of their customers giving the business feedback, direct verbal feedback. We might see a review. In all honesty, folks, online reviews are quite an interesting thing. And this is true for any business that's out there. Satisfied customers just don't leave reviews. There are some, it's very infrequent. And obviously the vast majority of customers for any business that's been around for a while are in fact satisfied. The folks that leave reviews and rightly so, are those that are not only dissatisfied, but as I said, the business hasn't followed through on its commitment to make it right. That's who tends to leave a review. So customers can give you feedback that way. Again, that's reinforcing something that seems rather apparent. You need to take care of your customer. The biggest way that our customers communicate to us is the same way that every business gets feedback from its customers, and that is with their wallets. That's how customers make their needs known and tell you whether or not you're doing what they need. If a customer doesn't get or see that they're going to get the things that are important to them. And again, maybe there's something that they value that's not on my list, or maybe they value exactly the items that are on the list I've shared with you. If they don't see that as something they're going to get, and they see that in another property, they're going to go rent that other property. That doesn't mean that my property is a bad property. It just means for that particular tenant, I didn't check these boxes. Location's a great example. Your property can't be everywhere. So if a tenant happens to come look at your property and they do work on the other side of town, they may look at it and say, you know, this is just a little too far away. That's not a negative. It's simply the practical reality. Now, if my property is outside of town by some distance, 
maybe I've purchased or built a new property and I'm anticipating growth moving towards me, well, then for a few years, location may in fact be a real issue, something I need to make sure I can come to grips with in terms of my business modeling. But why do we know maintenance is so important? Because tenants either don't move in because of the feedback others give them, or, and this is where it really shows up, renewals. Tenants don't renew. And if they don't renew, the number one item in our experience is they've not had a positive experience at the property relative to maintenance or to us being a good landlord. Value, as I said, value is something that each tenant is going to decide for themselves. And if you are doing value-add work, as we do, it is possible, in some instances likely, that some tenants, as the value-add improvements are implemented, some tenants will get to a place where I no longer see the value in this property relative to the rent that is being charged that I might see in another property, and they'll move. About 50% of tenants move every year. Maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Generally, that's what our experience has been. And those tenants that move, move for a variety of reasons. Maybe they get a new job, so our location doesn't work for them. Maybe they move because economically, they're in a different place now than they were when they first signed their lease. Therefore, value and the calculation of value is different for them, and they're going to move. And that could be either a move, quote unquote, up or down, but they're going to move because they are looking for a different value proposition. What we don't want those tenants to do is to leave because we've not treated them well because we're not a good landlord or because we've not maintained the property to the level that we should be doing that. If we do all of those things, then there will be tenants that move for these other reasons. And that's where that 50%-ish number comes from. Listening to our customers is what we do constantly by looking at the data that we receive around rents, around availability, around responses to the value-add work, and around the marketplace. We keep an eye on, as everyone in the market does, the competition. And in some respects, it's unfair to call them competition. We can't provide housing for everyone that's out there there's going to be people that live in other properties. Well, what are those other properties like? How do they perform in these areas? How those properties perform in these areas can give us feedback on what tenants are looking for. It's a very valuable system of feedback. So multifamily real estate investing isn't about buying a piece of property, although that's what we do. It's about buying a business. And when we buy a business, we're going to have customers and tenants are our customers. They're interested in a whole range of things. The items that we think are most valuable are the location, safety, security, and quality of the schools, the maintenance of the property, 
the amenities both in the unit and in the property itself, the value that that provides the tenant relative to how much rent they have to pay, and maybe even ultimately the most important is a good landlord to work with. I hope that you found this week's session valuable. If you have questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. And please join me next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Polling.